Great coaches ask great questions. Days at work are the days when the light bulb goes on for somebody else. Hello and welcome to On It, Not In It, the interview series. I'm your host, Todd Eppert, and today I'm joined by Al Fisher, who's the owner and president of the Fisher Group. However, that's not the whole story, so let's ask Al his story. So Al, thanks for joining us today. Would you like to kick us off with a brief background as to who you are and what you do? Yes. Thank you, Todd. What, I, what I'd like to do is talk a little bit about why and what I did when I get started. So I was a, in a corporate uh, environment, a Fortune 100 company plus for, uh, for 26 years. And my goal was really to retire to start businesses. So in 2002, that's exactly what I did. Uh, I started a consulting business and then I, it led into me starting a business with a couple of uh, partners, which I sold in 2005. I then led to the real vision that I've been pursuing for the last uh, 20 plus uh, 20 years, which is to be able to start a business that could do end to end from idea to commercialization of products. And so that's what I really started working on. And I built a, a, a development company uh, in 2005 uh, and we developed products for different companies. Uh, in that we found out that the products we developed couldn't be manufactured on current systems. So we ended up building a company that could build the, the machines that could make the product that we could move forward with. So that's kind of the next the next level of it. And then what we found was we could do that. But then we went to manufacturing and our real goal was to be able to launch a product into the marketplace in three to six months. Uh, we found out that once we had all that done, the manufacturers uh, couldn't get started up for six months. So it didn't fit our time frame. So we had to build a manufacturing company as well to be able to do that. And we did that successfully by 2008. And then since then, we've really refined that and we, we've rolled out, you know, hundreds of products kind of kind of things that went through our, our uh, supply chain. Um, so that's that's basically the manufacturing, the Fisher manufacturing or the Fisher group, I should say, that they can do that end to end idea to commercialization. And then we also said, well, that's that's there's other parts to this. And one of them is the digital marketplace. And so we started building assets in the digital marketplace to be able to uh, not only sell product, but be able to do product development through the digital market, okay, and, and, as opposed to the traditional way of doing uh, product development. So we built that as well under a company called Sapling. And then we also said, well, we got to get the last mile to the retailers. We built a, a retail group that basically distributes to the major retailers in the, in the U.S. So that's kind of my story from, from start to finish. It's a... It's a journey that I love. It's a journey I get up every day with a passion for. So. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. So in 20 years, you've uh, you not only started many companies, you've sold a few, it sounds like at least one. Uh, you've also uh, built on like when you saw the need in the space, you just created a company around it. Right. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, I'd like to hear a little bit more about that evolution that you made as we get through our, our, our process. But I do want to kind of go back to what you started. You said, my why behind what I was doing and what I always wanted to do. So can you remember, was there some kind of spark? You spent 26 years in a Fortune 100 company. Was there something that really said, I want to do something on my own? Was there something that really drove you to do that? Yeah, I think, you know, as I was an innovator inside the company, I, I did a lot of innovative things inside the large company. It was just, it was just difficult. It was difficult to get them through the process. 
it was difficult to get people on board and supported to be able to do those different things. And so I've always, I've always been an innovator. I've always said, hey, we're going to change it. It's not what it is today. We're going to improve it. We're going to change it. And I did that since I started with the large company. So I was doing a lot of that. I did a major innovation, which was, you know, probably a rollout of $1.3 billion kind of rollout that went in and was very successful. But again, you know, I was moving on to what gets bigger. And what got bigger for me was to be able to do it on my own and be able to reap the rewards of doing it on my own and the sense of accomplishment of doing it on my own. And that's what that's what drove me to uh, to, uh, to to what I'm doing today. So, Excellent. Yeah, I appreciate that. So a little bit of the, the drive that said, hey, I think I can do this better if I don't have the shackles of the corporate world, for lack of a better word, uh, the governance, all of the politics in there to get things done. And also, do it myself so that I can reap the rewards myself, right? So we all, entrepreneurs, that's what we, kind of in our hearts, we want to start something so that we can re reap the rewards. We take all the chances, but we also want to re reap the rewards. Is that what I hear you say now? You betcha. That's exactly what it is, Todd. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk about some of those things about those risks maybe involved, but uh, what are some common misconceptions that you've run into in starting a business and working through your businesses and, and how have you addressed them? Well, the first thing I learned about risk is most of the risk that people talked about at the large corporation was perceived risk, not real. And if you bet on yourself, there is no real risk, okay, in terms of being able to do that. And, and that's what I've done. I, I really bet on myself and my ability to go forward. And I really have not seen risk as a big issue because of that, okay? It really, you know, it, it certainly took a lot of hard work and a lot of failures to get to be successful, but but you learn that you learn from your failures, you understand it, and you build your success off those failures. And once you do that, there there is no real risk anymore to be able to go out there. Now, you know, does does companies always make money and they they go from zero to a hundred in a straight line? Absolutely not. Okay, it's a bumpy road. It goes up and down, and you have to deal with a lot of challenges to get the companies up and running. I, I but that that's the part I love. I love that. Uh, certainly, if you if you uh, if you get uh, anxiety over that part of uh, or that part of building the business, don't do it. So because you're going to you're going to run into it, buddy. So that's what that's what I tell people. So <laughs> Yeah, that's very good. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. So if you're going to get if it's going to keep you up at night, understand you're probably going to be up at night. So how long do you want to be up at night? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was interesting you say that because. About two years after I started my company's a cohort of mine at, at, at the Fortune 100 company came up and said, uh, I bet you don't sleep much at night. I said, I actually sleep a lot better at night than when I work for the company. Because <laughs> there's a lot more things outside of my control. You know what I mean? If there was yeah. an issue, I could work till three in the morning. I could, you know, I could, I had the resources to do that. So I, I could get it done that way. So but but in a corporation, I, I had to wait. I had to wait for people to get aligned to me to be able to do that kind of work so and fix the problem. So Yeah, I love how you put it that in the corporate world, there's a lot of uh, the, 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 the risks that we have are perceived in many cases. They're not reality, right? They're, if we don't quite make the, you know, the, the investors' expectations this quarter, it's not going to crash the whole company. But man, there's a lot of pressure on us to make those quarterly numbers, especially when you're publicly traded and things like that, like your Fortune 100 was. So, uh, but yeah, I, I came from the private equity world and it's the same pressure. So I, I totally understand. So Great. very good. So you just mentioned that, uh, you know, you, there are challenges, right? So, you know, today you've talked about a lot of the challenges that you overcame by starting new businesses or the issues that you had. Where are you today? What are the greatest challenges that you face as an organization today? 
Well, t- today, I think scaling the business more, uh, I, I've tried to, with different ways of scaling the business to a much bigger business. We, we hit, the, hit the ceiling of about 20 million a year annual revenue. And, and I seem to not be able to get past that 20 million, okay? And so what I found out, I found the problem and the problem was me, okay? And so <laughs> that's one of the easiest problems to fix, by the way. <laughs> so what I did is I said, well, how can I go about scaling this business without, without me being in charge of it? Because a style of somebody that starts up a building is you're very well engaged. You know the business like the back of your hand. I could walk through the business today and tell you whether I'm making money or not. I don't need the financial people to tell me. I know. And so what happens is, is you lose that when you try to scale. You don't have that. You have, you, the, the owner has to be there to, to be able to do that. I've not really found anybody that could do that. And so what we did about a year, year and a half ago, we, I decided to bring in somebody that would help me build processes that decisions could get made on and we could work as a team, as a leadership team. And I kind of stepped back a half a step, not all the way, but I stepped back a half a step. And the reason I didn't step back a full step is because I was there to support people in, you know, being there to, to kind of resonate out and learn about what I knew. It was transfer some of that knowledge to it. So the end goal was to really go to and build the company in a way that it would go to hundred million. And basically what it was, was we're going to we're going to convert into an ESOP, which the employees will own the company and then basically moving forward from there. Now, you know, that was that's kind of the, the direction today. So I think I think the real challenge to your to answer your question a little more succinctly, Todd, is is being able to get the people to be able to lead the company in a way that they you know, continue to move and continue to make progress and, and work as a group, okay, in terms of being able to do that. A lot of collaboration, a lot more collaboration than there was you know, in starting a company. And starting a company doesn't have that kind of collaboration in it. Uh, you basically make decisions, and if you make the right ones, good. If you make the wrong ones, you fix them, okay? And that's kind of how you evolve, you know, evolve the companies along, okay? Does that, make, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it does. In fact, it might answer the next question, but I want to make sure that I don't miss this question. So you've already talked sure. about all the things that you've had to adapt in your business. Um, and you just talked about collaboration as well. But, you know, pandemic happened in 2020. There's always some kind of a, a evolving business landscape. The pandemic was just one that we all had to deal with at the same exact time, right? Most businesses have something happening to them, whether it's outside pressures of a competitor or maybe their customers or whatever the the issue that they're dealing with is how do you stay adaptable and is there anything that you do to remain innovative you mentioned that a few times that that's how you've always been but how do you build it into your company i i've been fairly fortunate in that i surrounded myself with people that love innovation as well okay it's not it's not that they don't they could do could they go off and start their own company yes they could will they that's totally up to them. I mean, I've, I've worked with people to start their own company since I've started mine, uh, employees that went off and tried to build companies with me. Uh, but, but the issue is really is it's the people. I mean, you, you really, you really evolves around the people's mentality. And I call it, a, you know, and I, I call it the culture we've built and the culture we built is the company. It's not the buildings. It's not the clientele we have. It's really the, the culture that culture is really what makes the company work. And they're very good at it. It, it amazes me when I watch them solve problems. They flow right through the problems today. I mean, I don't, I don't they, they do a great job of collaborating and being able to get things going and understanding each other and, you know, moving through the whole process. They just, it's just a, you know, it's not, it's not a, a functional, what I call a functional silo company. 
if you're if you're an engineer, you're gonna and you need to run the line, you're gonna run the line, right? They're gonna do that, okay, to make sure they get the results for the customer. So there's very much of that. And I built that in the whole culture. So to do that Got over it. time. Got it. So hiring people that are like-minded, innovative, the collaborative approach, it sounds like you have a very good problem-solving method that you use to get through challenges, which is great. So really good things. So thanks for sharing that. Sure. Uh, so you, you mentioned um, revenue growth for sure as one of your future goals, but when you think about your future plans and goals in the business, um, can you share a little bit about that? And then what step, what is your next step in your entrepreneurial journey look like? Is it getting to the sunset or what does it look like? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't think about that problem a lot because I already got the answer. But but the issue is, is that in moving forward, I really want this, the value and the employees to to see what they built and reap the benefit of what they built as well. And so it really the, the future of the company is based on them being able to take the company from where it's at today to a hundred million dollar company. Now, now. Again, if you understand a little bit about ESOPs, they, they basically will reap large benefits from that goal, okay? That even if they get the 40 million, it's a, it's a big benefit, okay, uh, in the way that it works. So I think it's set up really, the future is set up with the employees, not myself, okay? So the Fisher Group really moves with the employees and, and they, you know, get a huge, uh, a huge payback to, for, their, for reaching that goal, okay? So then, then your question about what I want to do, I, I'm going to continue what I'm doing. I, I, I start businesses. I, I, uh, I've learned uh, that uh, to start businesses and do it, uh, not in my sleep, but, but I, I'm, I'm groggy when I start them. But, but the issue is really is, is that, uh, you know, I, I'm beginning to, to use uh, beginners and the beginner mentality to start my companies. Because I, I did identify that I was a beginner. I, I thought in the corporate world, I learned a lot. The truth is, is I learned about 90% of what I know today since I left the corporation, okay? And and I didn't know I had to be a lawyer. I didn't know I had to be an accountant. I didn't know I you know, I'd do operations. You know, I, I never did that in a large corporation. I didn't do any of that stuff. I just had people that did it for me. Uh, so now you do it yourself. You do your own books and, you know, those kind of things is how I started the company. And so I've learned such a tremendous amount about the big picture that that it's it's a lot easier for me to start a company with people today. And so, but what I need is that beginner's mentality. I have to revert back to it and I have to have people around me like that. So having experienced people around me that know the answer, the experts per se, is not very helpful in me starting a company, okay? I can listen to them and certainly get information from them, but the beginner. So what I did is I just started another company, the Sapling Company in June. So what I did is I, I had two work plus students that are college students. They're committed to work for me for during school for four years, and then I pay their tuition if they successfully do it. And those guys, the, the, the two of them and me started a company. We started out as $5,000 the first month in revenue on e-com. Now it's almost $300,000 a month. So it's growing quickly. Uh, it can easily scale to, again, a, a, a much, much bigger company in terms of the, the scale that we're going to. So, so I continue to want to do that, and I continue to, uh, to get energized by that. And I spend a lot of time on that in the day so, and night. So. Excellent. You've done a really good job of answering questions, I think, before I asked them, actually. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I like to get some clarity around these things. So really, I didn't mean to replace you or anything, Todd. Oh, no. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's totally fine. So, so my last question for you, and again, I think you just talked a little bit about it, but maybe there's something else that goes deeper into it. But 
So what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs who are just starting their journey or facing challenges in their business that may be adding on to what you just said about that beginner mentality? Yeah, I think that that uh, that getting advice and having consultants come in and tell you what to, how to start a company, business plans, and the nature of those kinds of, of, uh, of devices and things are useful, but they're not going to drive success for you, okay? You have to drive success. You're the one that has to develop that. You have to learn not only to what the plan is, but how to block and tackle to win the game, okay? And so the blocking and tackling is what people don't teach you, okay? Because quite frankly, they don't know, okay? <clears throat> you know, in terms of what to do, nor do I, okay? But I'll learn it, right? I think one of the things that when I knew the culture was right is we were, we were working on a hard problem. It was, it was, you know, most people thought it was impossible to solve. And, and uh, uh, I forget, it was one of the engineers said, hey, you know, I said, hey, this is tough. He said, yeah, but we'll learn how to do it. <laughs> so, so, you know, to see that kind of things in the culture is what you need. You need to have that kind of mentality that you'll learn it. It's, you don't know it today, but you'll learn it, right, to be able to solve it. So that's what, that's what we do really well. I think that, you know, the, 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 the horizon today and the type of people that are coming out of schools, as an example, and colleges and stuff, I think would be one of the most productive uh, uh, generations yet. And the reason why is because we tend to have a, a, a box around technology, right? And we tend to look at technology different ways than what somebody coming out of school do. They look at it as a productivity tool. We look at it as a distraction. They're playing games. I always tell people when you're on your phone at work, they think you're playing games on it, buddy. <laughs> and, and so they're not. They're actually using it in a way that they can be more productive than we, than we can. And, and that's what I try to tap into is that knowledge. Uh, my top engineer never went to never went to college, and he's one of the best engineers I worked with. He's probably in the top ninety five percent of engineers to be able to deliver what we're going to do. He learned it on the internet. He learned it on Google. He learned it by doing, and and you have to learn by doing a lot. I would say if you start a company, so don't don't be afraid to roll up your sleeves and fail. So and and uh, and uh, it it can be humbling when you try to do something you've never done before, and you're supposed to be the leader. It can be humbling for you, but but you've got to be humble and do it. So. I love that. I love that. Now, so what I hear you saying there is humility. I hear you saying continuous learning. And then the yeah. other one you said there was fail often and fail fast, probably, right? So, so if yeah. You, not That's only you learn fast. Degrees. Yeah. Yeah. So very good. No, yeah. So, so Al, I want to thank you for your time today. It was excellent having you on the show. Uh, you provided a lot of insights. Your journey is exceptional. Uh, congratulations on all the success that you've had. It was great meeting you today and learning more about your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, to everyone watching, I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Uh, Al, any final thoughts? No, I think have fun with life and enjoy what you do and create passions and purpose and, and uh, life, life goes well. So I would tell you that. Excellent. Thank you, Al. Okay. Thanks, Todd. You have a good day. You too.